everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking about Nomadland, written, directed, and edited by Chloe Zhao, based on the book by Jessica Bruder. This is a movie that I had been looking forward to for a long time. I like to think that I'm a Chloe Zhao fan. I've seen the writer. I did not see her other movie. I believe it's Songs My Brother Taught Me. I have not had a chance to watch that yet, but I was really looking forward to Nomadland uh, when it was announced just because of the, the combination pairing of Chloe and Frances McDormand, who stars in this film alongside... Uh, David Strathairn, who I'm, I, and it's so funny. I'm like, who? Uh, I don't know what movie he, it is that he's from. I can easily click on his thing. That's right. He's from Godzilla. He's in the Godzilla movie, but he's also in L.A. Confidential, Lincoln, Good Night, and Good Luck. Him and Francis are, I believe, the only two actors in this film. The rest of them are all real-life people, and, and that is kind of keeping in track with how Chloe made The Rider, and uh, I believe she did the same with Songs My Brother Taught Me. But obviously, and I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't get more interested in Chloe after it was announced that she would be taking... Uh, the helm of Marvel's The Eternals, but it wasn't a, I didn't like her before and now I do like her. It was, I thought she was great and now I think she's the best. And Nomadland kind of sealed that deal for me in a sense where you know who she is now. And watching these three films, and again, I, I need to watch the first one, but seeing that this pattern of kind of camera work and uh, film style, the editing, the fact that she uses actors that aren't actually actors. It just makes for such a mesmerizing story. And it's funny, I was uh, I was driving in the car yesterday and I was like, okay, I, I got to do an episode on Nomadland because I really liked this movie. And I was like, but do I have enough to to speak on the film? And so I just started talking to myself. I was running some errands. And uh, it turned out I kind of did, but one of the big pieces of it was just just around this whole film style that she has. And it's funny because there was an article that talked about this, and then also my brother watched this movie last night, and he brought up the same thing, which is that Chloe Zhao is starting to kind of feel like a Terrence Malick protege. And I say that because her filming style of just kind of capturing moments and letting them play out, the, the camera sometimes feels very loose. There's shots on just beautiful scenery. Not only that, but this film was made kind of in the same area as films like Tree of Life by Terrence Malick, where there's shots of just beautiful mountain ranges and badlands. And it just, it, it really made me smile because I was like, okay, I've always wanted a, a Terrence Malick Marvel movie. Like, I, I have no idea what that movie would be. I don't know what character he would do. I doubt he would even do a Marvel movie. But just this idea of him uh, along with, uh, preferably, Emmanuel Lubitsky, who, do, who did, uh, he did a bunch of Terrence Malick's movies. He did, I believe he did Tree of Life. He did, I mean, just pick a Terrence Malick movie. I'm pretty sure he did all of them. But what's interesting is this article that Chloe was talking in. She was talking about how in preparation for the action scenes in Eternals, 
that she kind of had herself and all of the crew continuously watch The Revenant and kind of, in a sense, I would assume, base it off of that. But what what struck me, and, and when this article was shared, a couple people said, like, oh, that's super cool. And I immediately got that same confirmation. I was like, well, but do you guys know who the cinematographer is for The Revenant? It's Emmanuel Lubitsky. So she's clearly watching and loving these Malick-esque films where the, you got these wide panning tracking shots of of the fights i mean just think about the bear fight from revenant the opening fight sequence from revenant like if the eternals is half as good as those fight scenes it's going to be incredible and just the fact that the the and i know this is the eternals we'll get back to nomadland but the fact that the eternals is based on these ancient beings that have been around for thousands of years imagine what kind of amazing uh landscape shots we could get that are that same sort of wide, beautiful, you know, footage type shots. Oh, I just, it made me so excited. And and it was, again, it was that confirmation because as I was watching Nomadland, I kept thinking to myself, like, this is just gorgeous. Like, this is, I really like this. And even though she's not the one who's doing the camera work, right? It's, uh, uh, camera work is done by Joshua James Richards, who actually did the camera work for the writer as well. And I believe uh, we got confirmation too that the um, it's not the same director of photography, the same cinematographer as um, as her other films. It is the guy from, and I'm going to pull up the full cast right here, uh, Ben Davis. And Ben Davis did uh, some of the old older Marvel movies. He did Guardians of the Galaxy. He did Captain Marvel. He did Doctor Strange. Interestingly enough, though, he also did Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which Francis McDormand was also in. So a lot of synchronicities within The Eternals. A lot of synchronicities within Nomadland as well. So overall, like I said, my 10,000-foot my, uh, view of this movie, it was great. I thought it was a really great film. Not a lot happens in it, and that is on purpose. It's one of those movies where you are completely immersed in the character, completely immersed in the story and in the tale, and you forget that not a lot is going on in this movie. And it's not a spoiler to kind of even go over the movie because nothing really insane happens. Like, there's no twists, there's no turns, there's just... Uh, well, there's some turns, but nothing nothing that was out of the ordinary. What, what you're wanting from this movie is the interactions between Francis and all of these non-actors, and they are gorgeous. They're amazing. They're, they're so touching, and we'll get into that, but the story itself is Francis McDormand plays a character named Fern, who is a nomad, and, and what that essentially is and, and what this whole movie is focused on is this generation, kind of the boomer generation of people who have either lost their jobs or they've been worked out of a job. Maybe they're, you know, they've gotten too old and they've been laid off. Whatever the case may be, they just kind of wander the country and go from job to job. And oftentimes that's seasonal work, as we see Francis doing seasonal work at Amazon, which is really cool. I really liked that. I, I uh, Obviously, I use Amazon, and I, I do always wonder, you know, what happens when I place my order. And so it was nice to kind of see some of that background of like, okay, this is a distribution center. It's cool to see them putting things in packages. Uh, but once she's done with that, I mean, when she's done every day, she goes to sleep in her van. And it's just a basic van on the outside, but on the inside, she's done a lot of work to make it 
special to kind of make it her own. So she's got little, and she brags about it when she's talking with people, like sharing with them the cool little contraptions that she's made out of her shelves and her cabinets so that she can utilize more space. I mean, any of you out there who are fans of tiny houses and of that whole minimalist lifestyle, uh, you you will enjoy that piece of the movie for sure. I know I did. Uh, but then, the, the, like I said, she's phenomenal, and I hope I hope she gets nominated for something. She definitely deserves it. But I would hope that the entire cast gets nominated for. I don't know what awards there there are for that. I know there's like a best ensemble, but the fact that Chloe was able to get. All of these characters, and I, I did read something that these are the actual characters from the Jessica Bruder book, because uh, the book is based on true events, and she had asked these people to be in the movie, and they agreed to it. So you see, I'm looking at the cast, and it's like, Gay DeForest plays Gay, Patricia Greer plays Patty, Linda May plays Linda, Angela Reyes plays Angela, Carl plays Carl, like, they're all just playing themselves, but it's it's one of those rare opportunities where they are they're needed like it's it's not like an extra in a movie where you're having some person who's just there these people are all sharing their stories and they're doing so so authentically and i think that is my favorite part of the movie honestly is whenever francis is in some situation or fern is in some situation where she's just talking with people and the people are sharing their stories and telling their stories about how they became a nomad and how you know oh my husband lost my job lost his job x y and z passed away this that and the other and to know that they're all true stories is 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 at the same time very very sad but also just so beautiful in that idea that these people aren't giving up and there's this big mess one of the messages I, I took from this movie is about not giving up because life especially for those those older generations life can be very hard and it's for it's kind of for that specific generation in a sense like obviously there's a lot of older people who made their way in life and now they've you know accumulated a ton of wealth and they're passing that down to their families but there's a whole swath of that generation as well that got forgotten and a lot of them are in this area of uh, Montana and just some of those states where people don't really think about it very often like again you know you lose your job and and I guess I'm just talking because I've been I've also been knee-deep watching Yellowstone but just I can imagine that same sort of thing probably plagues uh, Native American reservations as well of just this whole idea of being forgotten by a society that used you and used you up until you were old and now they have no there's no retirement for you right like there's no gift to be given to you for all the hard work that you put in for your whole life and it was really really sad to see and francis does such a good job um portraying that in her story but again the, the real star of this is the cast and the whole everyone else who shares their stories and it's cool so she i mean she she hears stories of people when she's working in amazon again i i don't think these people actually worked in those spots but the characters themselves were real and maybe they were i don't know but so she she moves around she starts there and then she goes to work at uh, a couple of other places i know she works at a national park she works at a restaurant and she keeps getting involved with that other actor david and he plays dave but he they end up kind of having a thing by the end of it and it's interesting in that regard too because the entire movie francis is playing uh you know a woman who's lost her husband 
and not only that, but kind of lost her whole life. So it was like her and her husband lived in the town of Empire in Montana, and they, um, they he lost his job because the jobs just disappeared, as it often does in those high mountain towns sort of things. But he lost his job, he died, she's by herself, and she's talking about, you know, she explains in one scene, she's like, I'm not homeless. Someone asks her if she's homeless, a little kid. She's like, I'm not homeless, I'm houseless. There's a difference. And I do believe that. I do believe there is a difference because she is, uh, she's, she's not homeless. Like she's choosing this life and she's choosing to drive around and just experience the beauty of the scenery and landscapes and America. And then, yeah, maybe throwing in a little bit of work and a little bit of fun along the way. But You know, she talks about how her and her husband used to live in this house where in the backyard you could just see this entire mountain range. There was nothing out there built. It was just wide open spaces, which is gorgeous. And and you eventually end up getting to see it at the end. But it uh, just was – it was a really powerful movie and it had no – I was going to say it had no right to be, but it had every right to be powerful and it was. It just – it was a very inconspicuously powerful movie where – as you're watching it, you can tell there's just something special about this movie. Whether that's when Fran, uh, Fran or Fern is talking with Swanky, there's a great scene with her, how she's just talking. And again, you you can tell that these people are not actors. And, and I, I'm not saying this as a nitpick. It actually makes the movie better. And that's because these characters, they're sharing their stories and they're just they're so authentic with it. It's so honest that I I can just see Chloe being like, hey, no, we just need you right here. And we just need you to tell your story, like just share your story. And I did see in an article too, that uh, they didn't really tell them that Frances McDormand was an actor. They basically all thought that she was also another nomad, which makes adds another layer of depth to this film. Because again, a lot of the movie is Frances just listening listening to others and listening to them tell their stories as she kind of figures out her life. And it, it was just really special. And so, like I said, it, it's definitely worth a watch, a hundred percent worth a watch. I saw something that Chloe has been nominated for best director for like literally every award this year. So she's mo there's going to be a ton of nominations for this movie. It's, it's free on, on Hulu. So if you, if you have Hulu, it's there and ready to go. And it's also not a long movie. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes, but it, like I said, it is, it flies by and it's it's really powerful, and I it made me want to travel the uh, travel the U.S. Uh, but again, I I'm misunderstanding the whole point of it because there's a very stark difference between people just wanting to go on a road trip and what it is that she is doing. So she you know she's facing all these hardships like her van breaks down and she doesn't have the money to fix it. She has to go visit her sister. And she just gets really uncomfortable. And then there's a bit there's a bit where she goes to Dave's house. Dave invites her over at one point, like, hey, you should come to my family's house. And she goes there and she just doesn't feel at ease. And there's multiple scenes where she's like tapping her toes and looking very uncomfortable. And it's because she doesn't like sitting still. And she doesn't like, you know, being in one place for too long. And whether that was something that was kind of learned by her because of uh, the whole nomad life or something that she had beforehand or something you know brought on because of her husband's death. It's just there's a lot about this movie where when you're watching it, 
there is an inspirational quality to be like, I would love to just, I would love to be like that. But at the same time, you have to dive just a little bit deeper to realize what it's taking these people to live like that. And I think no more apparent is that than in the stories that Swanky shares and kind of Swanky's experience. And then also in, uh, and I don't remember the guy's name, but he's the leader of the nomad group in Arizona. And so, yeah, so there's this bit where she finds out about this group of people and at first she's unsure, but then she eventually goes down there and it's just a group of all these older people who have all kind of been in the same shoes as her. And the leader of it is this guy. He's great. He's got he's got really long white hair, white beard. And uh, at the end of the movie, he shares his story with her. And it's just as sad as a lot of the other stories. But again, no less powerful. But it's, it's just this thing about, like, it's fun to watch. And I'm thinking about this as I say it. But, like, I feel like younger generations sometimes misunderstand the struggles of older generations to say like, oh, you know, we don't even have to deal with that sort of thing anymore. Like, oh, I can go find a job. And if I don't like that job, I'll go work another job or, oh, I'll just take two weeks of vacation and go travel around the US for fun. Like, and all of that is valid. All of that is awesome. I would love to be able to do all of those things. But when you're when you're thinking that in the sense of this film, and realizing that these people, yeah, they did sort of have a choice. Like, they don't have to do this. A lot of them have family that they could stay with, but they choose not to. And part of that is because of the experiences that they've they've endured. And a lot of that is the kind of chewing up and getting spit out by society, which is just something that seems to happen. And I don't know if that's going to happen to us as we age as well. But I would say if it does, I will be first in line to join the nomads. But again, it's not something that I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if that's something that, not that you would want to do, but that you kind of find yourself doing. I don't know. All I'm saying is I don't, I don't want this to be romanticized. And I think Chloe Jia, Chloe Jia does a really good job of not romanticizing it, of not making it like, a, oh, this is what everyone should be striving for now. Like we should be striving to just be nomads. Like it's, it literally is just a mirror up to these people's lives. And it's up to you to kind of take away what you will from it. And that that's what I took away from it is that these people didn't really have a choice in doing this. But now that they are, like, they've banded together and created this really cool community of supporters, in a sense. It's almost like they've created their own uh, retirement home for themselves on the on, in the Badlands, where they're, uh, you know, going to campfires at night and swapping stories and, and drinking and having fun. But like I said, there's just this, this underbelly to it, this sadness that it's come to this, that these people have to be in this sort of situation that they're in. And no part of that makes this a bad movie. In fact, that makes it a really powerful movie. So I would almost be curious if anyone else got any any vibes or feelings from this film besides the one that I, I just shared. But that that that's essentially the movie. Like, there's nothing more to it than that. And it doesn't need to be anything more than that. It's a perfect, uh, just, you know, I almost want to call it a palate cleanser kind of movie where especially right now watching all these WandaVision episodes and I've been watching a lot of action movies watching Yellowstone it just was a really nice change of pace 
and uh, a really great opportunity to hear from real people and the real experiences they've been sharing. So in that respect, thank you so much, Chloe, for making this movie and, you know, deciding to do this movie. And I cannot wait for The Eternals because this, this to me just seals the deal that she is a master director actually we'll hold off on saying master i think she still has a couple of movies to go before that's cemented in but she is for sure a rising star and someone that i would highly advise you keep an eye on in the future again i'm sure we're all going to be watching uh the eternals but keep an eye out for any other films or work that she does oh by the way that includes universal's dracula movie which we just talked about on the last uh the last movie episode for dracula she's doing a dracula movie for for universal so holy crap like if she can pull off what she did here and what she does in eternals in dracula then yeah i would say if if eternals is amazing and dracula is amazing then at that point we can probably cement chloe in as one of the greats uh or one of the greatists uh right yeah i would say right now she's one of the greats for sure but that that is where we will wrap things up here on comics and cinema uh, i'm your host alex klein thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the road Thank you.